Hi everyone, this is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast. Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to tell you a couple of things. First of all, I really hope that you are encouraged by this podcast. And if you are, please go ahead and share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with your coworkers, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. Second, if you do enjoy it, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. That will definitely just ensure that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. This is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast, and today I'm very excited because I'm having my first ever uh, guy on the podcast, so very exciting. I'm hoping that uh, maybe some of the guys here will be able to relate a little bit better now. (laughs) Anyways, I'm having Alana's younger brother, Garrison on today. Garrison, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hey, I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, I was telling Garrison before this, I feel like this is turning into the Anna and the Grimaud family. That's right. That's (laughs) right. We're taking over. (laughs) So Garrison, um, I'd love for you to tell our viewers a little bit more about you. Yeah, sure. So I'm currently a senior at Oklahoma State University studying aviation. And so I'm learning how to fly planes. That's been a really awesome journey. And the fact that God has brought me where I am today through that is just a whole other story. But really who I am is just a young 22 year old that's trying to make it in the world with with the most I can and God. And so I'm just really excited to be here and I've already learned so much through the other podcasts. So just looking forward to share what I can as well. Awesome, well, I'm very, very excited. I know that um, I was thinking about who to have on here, and you were one of the first people that came to mind. Um, I'm I'm very, (laughs) very excited that you're on here with me today. Now, I know that we were talking about what we were going to talk about today is mentorship, but before we get into that, um, you told me that you would like to go ahead and pray. So, Garrison, I'd love for you to pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for Anna and for this podcast that you have just bestowed upon her. I pray for the listeners today that as you're listening, that you would just tune their ears to your word, Lord, that anything that we speak, that you just want to highlight to them, that you would just highlight those words to them and anything that they don't need to hear, that you would just block it out, that they wouldn't even hear it. So, Lord, I just thank you so much that everybody listening right now, I just pray a prayer of blessing over them, that each and every one of them are being blessed right now. So in your name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I often pray before, but it actually means a lot to pray on the actual podcast. So thank you for doing that. Um, Absolutely. So I guess now we'll kind of get into our topic for today. So I know that you told me when we were discussing what kind of topic we wanted to talk about today, you said, hey, I want to talk about mentorship. And so what I'd love to know, Garrison, is why is mentorship so important to you? Yeah. So for me... I went my entire, uh, I, I say my entire life, I'm not that old, but <laughs> up until college, I went on my own with uh, really everything, not even, I'm not even talking about mentorship and the fact of only God, but I went on my own through everything, whether it was flight training or school or whatever it was, and just, I have to do it on my own. It's, you know, I have to fight for that thing. And so with that, came uh, my freshman year of college whenever I joined the BCM, which is the Baptist Collegiate Ministries. And once I got uh, involved, I realized that they do something that is just obvious, but nobody else does, and that is discipleship. And Mm -hmm. so through that, I learned how to 
come underneath somebody, whether that be in a religious aspect or in a worldly aspect and soak up as much as I possibly could and in turn then be able to teach somebody else. And what I found was whenever you have that vulnerability with somebody and you give the authority to somebody to speak into your life that is not your father, your mother, or somebody else that has a natural, you know, born authority, it's just amazing to see the growth that you have because they have the authority to call you out in things or to teach you or to keep growing you and stretching you that nobody else has. And so I remember my first uh, mentor, whenever I first met with him, I had never met him before. And the very first day he called me out for something. And I was like, that is wild. And at first I was a little taken back. And then I thought about it and was like, no, that's, that's really good. And I went home and completely changed how I was living. And so for me, the whole aspect of mentorship is I'm giving the authority to somebody else to speak into my life so that I can then go and do better for what the, the role that the Lord has for me. Can you tell me a little bit more about, so you said in BCM is when this idea was first kind of introduced yeah. to you. Maybe you'd heard about before, but it was first introduced to you. How do they go about mentorship in BCM? Yeah, so the whole organization, at least at OSU, is very uh, student-led. And mm -hmm. so if you want to be a leader, you are required by BCM to have a mentor. Like gotcha. if you want to be on leadership, you have to have a mentor. It's just the way it is. But with that, after six months, if you are a leader and you are not mentoring somebody, then you are not allowed to be a leader. So mm -hmm. you have a six month grace period where they expect you to be learning, learning, learning and growing. And then after that, they expect you to then mentor somebody. And so with that, almost every student that is a part of the BCM is being mentored. And I guarantee every leader is, let alone every person mm -hmm. that's involved. And so with that, they do training courses and equipping on how to do it. You know, they're not just throwing you out in the pond and saying, go swim. They're teaching you uh, <laughs> how, to, how to mentor and be mentored. So, because mm -hmm. you really do need to learn. And it's not even just a, I need to learn how to teach. It's, I need to learn how to be taught. It's, it's both sides. So, hmm. and so it was just an older student that was mentoring you originally. Right. How long did that mentorship last or is it still going right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually that leads me into the, a, another part, mm -hmm. which is I have had many mentors at the same time. And mm -hmm. so uh, I had the same mentor from my second semester of freshman year until last semester, which I'm now a senior. Oh, wow. So uh, about three years. Mm -hmm. The only reason we're not doing it now is because he's in a doctorate program and our schedules don't line up. Otherwise, I'd still be meeting with him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that goes into the fact that he's only one year older than me. But as I'm growing, he's growing and we're just constantly growing in a positive path. So I keep learning from him. Um, but with that goes into the idea that I've had. I think the most I've had is three at one time. Uh, two of them were spiritual and one of them was not. One was a flight mentor who I okay. went under to learn how to be a better pilot. Mm -hmm. And so I really took the idea of um, really mentorship is all throughout the Bible. And we'll get to that here in a second. But the Lord lays out this plan for how you can best be equipped. And that is not just for religion. And so I thought if it works for me with my relationship with God, then why would it not work for me in school or business or whatever it may be? And so 
I ended up getting a flight mentor. And I kid you not, because of that, I'm way better pilot. And I can mm. credit him for a lot of that. So, yeah, I know that actually at my last company, uh, they did a mentorship program. And I remember they asked people if they wanted to be a part of it. And I said, sign me up. Like, yeah. I'm definitely going to be a part of this because there's something so powerful about mentorship. Like you said, whether it's spiritual um, or if it's in a future career is mentoring you that maybe they have a career that you're interested in or something along those lines. There's something to be said about someone who has had the experience, who has gone before you, that can mentor you as you're getting ready to step into that same thing. And right. I know that what was really unique for me at my last company with that mentor was, unbeknownst to both of us, I ended up wa walking through a very difficult season when she was my mentor on a personal mm. level. So she ended up being more of a mentor to me, like that spiritual and emotional level, maybe even more so than she did on the professional level. But what was interesting mm -hmm. was she had a career that I was interested in. And through that hard season, I ended up deciding to kind of change careers and pivot a bit. And after experiencing kind of the compassion and the empathy that she had with me, um, being in an HR career, I knew that that was kind of what I wanted to do. So it's really, right. really cool how the Lord has used uh, mentorship in my life as well. Now, I know that right. we talked about this just a minute ago, but you said that the Bible really kind of lays out a plan for mentorship. Can you talk a little right. bit about scripture and uh, maybe some biblical examples of mentorship yeah. that you've read about? Mm -hmm. Well, there are two very obvious mentors in the Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first one is very clearly Jesus. And so if you look, he had 12 disciples Mm -hmm. I mean, he had he had way more followers at the same time. If you read through, he might have 50 disciples that are going with him, but he has mm -hmm. his 12 main disciples. And so with that, even if you look at um, one of his final things, well, I think it is the final thing. Yeah. And Matthew, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, you know, go and make disciples of many nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so one of the final things that we hear from Jesus is, basically go and mentor and be mentored. And so with that um, is where the second mentor comes into play. And it's the one that people often forget about. I know I forgot about it until one year ago. I can remember the exact conversation whenever I asked somebody to be my mentor. And he said, are you being mentored by the Holy Spirit? And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and he was like, okay, yeah. in that case, the answer is no. And so... He said, I want you to go home, read your Bible, and then just sit in silence for an hour. And that's it. And just listen. And I was like, you want me to sit in silence for an hour? And he said, yes, I do. And that's so hard. that's what I started doing. Yes. I, it's, it's, it's so hard, but it's really rewarding. Mm -hmm. What you find is uh, something I found yesterday, actually, in a podcast was the guy sits in silence with a journal and he just writes mm -hmm. as he hears. I haven't done that, but I'm going to start doing that. But yeah. if you just sit with the Lord, he will teach you everything you need to know. And so it's very much become over the past year, I still have my spiritual mentors, right? But now I have the spiritual mentor. It's the guy yeah. himself. It's the Lord coming to me and speaking to me. And um, one of the things that I struggled with early on is having to understand, is this God? 
am I hearing the Lord or am I hearing myself? And the way that I figured out the difference was through a different mentor, which is awesome. Uh, and he had me sit down and everything that I heard, we would find a scripture to line up with it because the Lord is all through the Bible. And so I would hear, you know, something like, oh, go do this or not even go do this. It would just be like, I love you. It can just be as simple as I love you. And does that line up with the scripture? Well, yes, it does, because you can read in the Bible how much Jesus loves us. And mm -hmm. so if you are ever questioning, is it me that I'm hearing or is it the Lord? Well, is it biblical? Even if it doesn't seem like it's necessarily the voice of God speaking to you, he has spoke it through his word. Mm -hmm. and so either way, it's from God. And so that's mm -hmm. one of those learning moments where you realize the more you read scripture, the more you're going to be able to connect that shepherd's voice to your your head yeah. so it's kind of funny that you brought that up because as i was preparing for this i was like what are some examples of mentorship in the bible and i was like well of course jesus right and i was thinking wow the disciples were so lucky they had him there yeah. all the time and then all of a sudden it just hit me it was like no 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 like if you read the bible when jesus left he said hey i'm leaving you with something better yeah and it was the holy spirit and the Holy Spirit is our helper. And I was like, we have the best mentor. Like, we have him at all times. We do. But we don't utilize him like we should, you know? Yeah. And uh, to go off of that, my dad always, well, I say always, but in the past month has been reading Romans 8.14 over and over and over. And that is, mm -hmm. the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And mm -hmm. so with that, it's the mature children of God are those who are moved by their mentor of the Holy Spirit, really. It's mm -hmm. you're sitting and listening. And like I had talked about earlier, it's, it's really a two-way street. You can have a mentor, but you have to choose to listen to him and go underneath him or her. And mm -hmm. so whenever they're speaking into your life, you're giving them authority to speak, but you have to then listen to that authority. Because if you don't, then why are you there to start mm -hmm. with? You know, you're wasting my time and I'm wasting their time or, you know, so it goes the same with the Lord. You have to sit and listen, but whenever you hear, if you are disobedient or you don't listen, then why would you want to hear to start with? So, Yeah, that's a really good word because I think that's something a lot of us struggle with is, I think one of the biggest sin struggles a lot of us have is pride. Mm. And I think pride can creep in a bit in where you know, I know for me, one aspect of pride is that somebody tells me something and I just want to say that is not true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. What are you talking about? That's not me. I actually remember a girl telling me in college that uh, she sat me down and I'll never forget it. It was so funny. And she wasn't necessarily my mentor, but she just was a good friend of mine and was older than me. So I guess maybe in some way she saw herself as a mentor in my life, uh, but it was an official mentor relationship. And we sat down and she said, I think you worry a lot. Mm. And so what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden she kind of gave me some examples and okay, okay. She's, she's not wrong here. So I said, well, then how do you not worry? I said, okay, well, you're saying that I shouldn't worry. Like, how do you stay at peace? How do you not worry? And so she told me, and it was actually a really powerful moment for me. That was one of the first times in my life. I don't want to say it was the first time. I'm sure that there were other times, but it was one of the first times in my life that I took what somebody was saying 
even though I, part of me wanted to disagree at first because I just didn't want to hear it, um, I did end up taking what they said and then trying to apply it to my life. And I think yeah. that that's what a mentor is really there for, and that's what they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Even in an unofficial sense, like I said, just with a friendship. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'll say I'm sure your sister would say this, like Alana and I probably had an unofficial mentor-mentee relationship for a while, and now definitely not anymore because we're definitely more on the same level of growing together. Sure. But when we were in college, I was probably mentoring her in a lot of ways. Um, and what's right. cool is now it's kind of changing where in some ways we can mentor each other. She can mentor me. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes back and forth. Have you... I have you experienced that where you've had a mentor or maybe even just a friend that you've mentored? Can you tell me a bit more about that kind of relationship? Yeah, so I have mentored, I think, four guys now, something like mm -hmm. that. Um, three of which being spiritual mentors. One of them was a business mentor where I was teaching in finance and it turned mm -hmm. into a spiritual mentorship because that's just how it is, you know? Yes. Uh, if you're going to be mentored by me, we're going to talk about God. It's just the way it is. I believe mm -hmm. that everything in your life is connected. And so, um, but with that goes along with what you just told me. And so I was mentoring him, but after I believe a year and a half, uh, we met and I realized I'm not mentoring you anymore. Like we're just meeting and we're talking and it mm -hmm. turned into more of a, which I mean, that is still in a way, some kind of mentorship. Yeah. But it was more of a, I taught you at one point, now you've caught up and now we just talk together. And so <laughs> it was really rewarding because that's really what my goal is. If uh, I've met with a guy that um, I don't want to get in specifics, but we've had the same issue with him for the past mm -hmm. two years and I haven't seen much growth and it's really disheartening in a lot of aspects for me uh just because it's like oh what am i doing wrong but then i went home and prayed and was like god what am i doing and it wasn't necessarily what you're doing it's they also have to accept what you're saying like we talked about and so it's just interesting to see the dynamic of having one guy that i mentored that had listened to me and actually listened to me and to see where he is now and then another guy that i've been mentoring for longer that hasn't had that growth and um mm -hmm. So it's just really interesting to compare that to with how you and Alana were, because I, I know she definitely would consider you a mentor in that aspect. She would mm -hmm. call me when she was in college and be like, I met a friend and she's so awesome. And I remember she told me I've never seen such purity and I was afraid to look at her because she was so pure whenever she first met you. And I was like, that is perfect because that's who you're going to become. And she has. It's just amazing. And so who you hang around is who you become. And so whether that is you're being directly mentored or not, your five closest friends or whoever you hang around, if you don't want to be like them, then stop hanging around them because you're going to end mm -hmm. up like them, whether you like it or not. So your sister has told me that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a hundred percent the truth. I think I told her that the other day because uh, we were on the phone. I think in that we're actually good people because we spend a lot of time together. But, I do want to talk about this for a second. How, okay, so when identifying a mentor, mm. how did you identify who you'd like to have mentor you? That is a really good question, actually. And that is one that is the golden nugget 
Uh, how do you find the perfect mentor? Let me know when you find out. <laughs> it's, it's not like a, there's a perfect formula. What I've always done is if I respect somebody, then to me, that's enough credentials for them to teach me. Nobody's going to be perfect. Everybody has something to teach me. I even have somebody that is younger than me that I have. He's not as like my official mentor, but I go to him and for a lot of things and he's younger than I am. And so I've just, I just had to get past that. It's not an age thing. It's a maturity in that field. And so if that field is God, are they maturing God? Because then you can learn something from them. If it's business, are they experienced in business? Because then you can learn from them. And so for me, um, the mentor that I've had that was the most impactful, I only had for one month. And the way that I found him was Danica, my other sister, said you need to reach out to this guy and meet with him. And I said, I don't know. Like, I don't know him. And she said, just do it. And I said, okay, I will. And so I reached out to him and met with him for a month. And I had more growth in one month than I've had in three years. Wow. So uh, for that one, it was, I was recommended. But I, mm. for those that are listening, I would say, if you can think of somebody right now that you're like, hey, I just respect you, whether they're 50 or one year ahead of you or whatever it is, uh, just go ask them, would you like to meet for coffee? You don't have to make it official the first day. Just meet with them, talk to them. And normally after the first like five minutes, you'll find out who they really are. And you will decide, is this somebody I want to learn under and be more like or not? And so it's not a, like a complicated algorithm. So. Well, and here's another question, because you said that one person you only had for, for a month. Yeah. So what... In terms of length of time, I don't know. I'm thinking about when a mentorship is over. Mm, yeah. How does that work? Yeah, that's another fantastic question. And that's one of the things that I would recommend establishing that whenever mm. you first start. Uh, if you start meeting with somebody and you feel like I've caught up to them, but then you keep meeting with them because you feel bad to tell them I don't want to stop, then you're wasting both of their time. And so what I always do with the people I'm mentoring and what I always do with a new mentor of mine is I always tell them, listen, if there's ever a time that either of us feel like we've hit the point where I've given all I can and you received all you can or vice versa, then let's just be done and be friends. And so because uh, you really everybody has more to give at all times. I believe that everybody can keep learning from somebody. But there is such a thing as learning less. And so if mm. you hit that peak point of I've learned the most I can from this person, it's time for me to find somebody else, then just do it. Don't just sit around and wait for that other person to end it or life to get in the way to where, oh, they're moving now. And so I can't be with them anymore. You know, just don't yeah. don't make it seem I don't, it's almost like a pride thing like you're talking about or mm. you know people pleasing just you have to push past that and so for the yeah. one month long one that was only because i was there over the summer and i was like hey i only have four weeks to meet anyways and so let's try it out so mm. yeah and i think that's actually what you said is really important because i think as i was thinking about this i've had maybe a few mentors i would say that just having grown up i would say my my parents have a lot of wonderful friends and we were in a community mm. group as, when i was younger and a lot of those people have been mentors to me just kind of all throughout the years um 
maybe not as consistent. I do remember I had one in middle school that I was very consistent with. But I remember when that relationship, when I was kind of feeling like I learned all that I could at that point from that person, I was maybe ready to just have a friendship or not meet as consistently with them. The ending of it was very difficult. You know, I was only in middle school and I don't think I probably handled it in the correct way. And so I was really interested to hear, you know, I think that's a really good point that you made that you can establish that at the beginning. And I think it makes it way easier personally. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we can uh, make it more dramatic than it needs to be. It's not dramatic. It's just establishing some parameters from the get go. Yeah. And honestly, in a lot of aspects, that should be your goal. If you've hit that mark where you feel like you've learned everything you can for them, they should feel so proud that they were able to, you know, put that on you and teach mm-hmm. you through that or vice versa. Whenever I'm teaching somebody, I look forward to the day that they don't want to learn from anymore because it means mm-hmm. I've done a good job at teaching them because if they mm-hmm. just keep coming to me for more and more and more, then have they learned, which yeah. I mean, yes, they have in some aspect, but it depends on what it is. You know, if the guy keeps coming to me trying to figure out how to read his Bible and we've been talking for a year, then I would say it was a failure on my part. And so Hmm. it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm thinking about Jesus, for example, with the disciples. I mean, I remember when he was leaving to go back home to heaven. They were definitely sad. Like, no, don't leave us. And he's like, I've equipped you. It's time to go and make disciples. Right. And I think. Even though they struggled maybe a little bit, I think as humans, we struggle in our flesh because we don't want to say goodbye. We don't want them to leave. At the same time, it's really powerful because the Lord has called us all to each um, to Mm. our own unique places of influence. And so sometimes that relationship, it's time for it to end in terms of maybe being that consistent or in terms of you guys always being in the same place. It's like, hey, go and be the vessel where I've called you to be. Right. Right. Um, and it's exciting. It doesn't have to be a disappointment, isn't it? Exciting. No, definitely not. Into those areas. And it's always um, a positive for both people. It's not like it's a negative where mm-hmm. one's going to be sad for, you know, ever. <laughs> it's like, no, we're just, mm-hmm. we both have grown. Congrats. We've made it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And as we were talking, you mentioned too that you had one that was a little bit younger than you. I want to touch on that because a mentorship that I think of in the Bible is Paul and Timothy. Oh, yeah. They're really cool. I'm actually reading through 1 Timothy with one of my Bible studies right now. And in 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. And what Paul was saying to Timothy at that point was like, Hey, you're going to have some naysayers saying that you're young, but don't let them look down on you because of that. Um, God has called you, he's equipped you. So he's really encouraging him in that moment. But I think that what you said is that age is really just kind of a number, um, even yeah. when it comes to mentorship and things like that. You know, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've been pursuing him and growing deeper with him for a long time, you definitely have the same ability to mentor someone or to encourage other right. people in the Lord that anybody else does, even if they're you know, 80 years old or something like that. Oh, and this goes into one more thing I really want to talk about, Mm -hmm. which is uh, I often hear, oh, they're a baby Christian. Like they can't teach you. They're a baby Christian. Whereas that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that it's an overnight change. And so 
with the Holy Spirit coming on this person, they might have these things that they need to work on, right? You might accept God and all of a sudden you're not no longer addicted to drugs or whatever it may be. Uh, perhaps in other ways you will be not addicted anymore because the Lord can work in that way. Mm. But my roommate is a great example of somebody that he accepted God last year. And within, I don't know, even one month, he was teaching me. It was just amazing. Mm. He went from uh, not believing in God to reading his Bible Mm. and talking to the Lord every day. And the wisdom that overflowed was just amazing. And so I also think that you got to look past that. Oh, they're young and and God, so they don't know. It's not about that. It's about, do they know God? Because if they know God and they're listening to God, then that's all that matters. And so maybe perhaps I shouldn't have him be my primary mentor, but if he comes to me and will call me out for something, because he's like, hey, I just read this in my Bible. I mean, that's the freshest piece of wisdom you can ever get because he hasn't read it before. So he's reading it for the first time that day. And he comes and he's like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm not supposed to do that. Thank you. So, Hmm. but that's awesome. Well, I was going to say specifically, can you share if you're okay with getting a little bit personal on here? Can you share maybe something specific where I don't, you, you talked about kind of towards the beginning that you kind of had a moment where a mentor called you out or even that one mentor that you really grew a lot with. Can yeah. you tell me a specific story of like a mentor calling you out on something and it really impacted you just oh, yeah. long-term? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm still feeling the impact today and it's been like <laughs> three years. So uh, for all the guys listening, this is important for you guys to listen because this is really something that is a drug for many young men Mm. and that is pornography and so i got addicted to that whenever i was young and i was trying to fight through it It is one of those things i was saying fight through it on your own you know like ah i can do it no that's stupid don't do that it's really not that hard to get over i'm gonna be honest it seems like it is but it's not if you just surrender it to god and so i was meeting with a mentor and i was telling him about how i was struggling and how I've been fighting for getting rid of it. And like, oh, I was trying, you know, like I read my Bible, like I pray. And why am I not getting over this? And he said, so why aren't you done yet? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you have all the tools. Why aren't you done? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Cause like, I have a problem. And he was like, no, you don't. You just told me that you're praying and you're reading your Bible and you're talking to God. The word says, that this is not who you are. You're dead to your sins. You're reborn in God. Are you reborn or not? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is quite the statement. And he said, go home, get on your knees, lift up your hands and say to the Lord, I want to be dead to my sins and just be done. And I said, okay, I will. I went home. It was was right at the beginning of COVID because I was in that lockdown quarantine period. Mm. So the old habits were coming back up. And so I get down in the corner on my knees and I, in my sister's room, because my room was like, had boxes and stuff in it. So I was sitting there, lift my knees up and I say, Lord, I wish to be done. I'm dead to my sins now. I want to be reborn in you. And that was it. That was the last thing I said. There was no like, ah, you know, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit hit me. There was no like, (laughs) uh, a wind came rushing into the room. Nope. I just said that. And then uh, that was it. 
the desire was gone and I was just done. And I was like, okay, that was easy. <laughs> and I went back to him and said, that was the easiest thing I've ever had to do. And he said, yeah, it's because you had the tools and you're listening to the Lord for the, like, not for the yeah. first time, but really, uh, if you're authentic and following God, it's, it's not that difficult. His uh, yoke is easy and his burden is light. So mm. if it feels heavy, you're probably the one making it heavy. So there are so many good things about that. I think the first thing I want to ask you about, though, is because you talked about being vulnerable with them and you went to them and just told them what you were struggling with. I feel like for me, I think it would be hard to be vulnerable with somebody regarding some things I'm struggling with. Um, was that hard for you? Tell me a bit more about that. Oh, man, what a great question. <laughs> Only because this is another problem I often see. So yeah. specifically with Christian men who have been fighting this before, I've it, it's funny. Oftentimes, for me, it's easier to deal with somebody that's not a Christian that's dealing with this problem than somebody that is a Christian, because oftentimes the Christians have been vulnerable many times, whereas the other ones haven't been, and then they got poor advice. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, that is such a good question, because uh, with most of the dudes that I've mentored before, a lot of them have struggled with this. And what it comes out to is most of them have always been told your sin dies in the light, which is true. It does. It does die in the light. Be vulnerable. That's great. However, whenever you are vulnerable, don't take it like, oh, I just shared that I have a problem and now it's done. So a lot of the times I find that somebody will come to me and be like, I don't know why I still struggle with this. Like I've been so open about it to so many people. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not the solution. Like that's part of it, getting it out in the light so that you can then be reborn in the Lord is part of it. But the next part of it is submitting it to God and surrendering to him. Mm. And so for me, being vulnerable was not hard at all because I had done it so many times that I was just used to going to somebody and sharing and being like, I need help. What I wasn't used to is being told, just be done already. Like, stop coming to me. I'm tired of hearing it. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I, I just poured my heart out to you and you basically told me to shut up and be better. <laughs> like, that, that's not what he said, but that's the way I took it. And so it was very like, oh my gosh, this guy just ripped through everything I said and told me the problem isn't being vulnerable. The problem is that you're not following what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says you're dead to your sins. So be dead to your sins or don't be. Either, either follow God or stop following God and just do everything wrong because you're wasting everybody's time. And I was like, so it was hard to hear, but it, it worked. So you're right. I think we definitely overcomplicate things like that. Um, I think we overcomplicate our sins sometimes and we make it oh, yeah. more of a struggle than it needs to be. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, you're talking about guys specifically. I think that even for girls, even though I think the perception of women is that we're very vulnerable and uh, we are always sharing our emotions with each other, we might be doing that. But I think that there's still a lot of things that we hide um, that are more internal and personal that we just don't want to share. I know that for me, having been a Christian for so many years, I struggled for a long time with this idea that... Um, I was seen as the perfect person who couldn't do anything wrong. Everybody really 
um, flipped up to me as this example, and I was thinking, but I'm not perfect, guys, stop. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I still deal with sin. I still struggle with things internally, but it was really hard for me to want to be vulnerable and share because I thought that there was a perception of me that was so strong that if I shared, then everybody would be disappointed. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that there's like that side of it as well. I think that what I've started to learn though is that the more that I share, it actually helps me to feel like I can relate to people more. Mm. Um, I feel like that's probably, I don't want to speak for you, that, but that's probably no, I, I agree. as well that yeah. you're able to relate to others and people can relate to you now from you saying, hey, I struggled with pornography at one point. And they're going, really, you did? Because yeah. I struggled with pornography too. And now you're able to say, okay, but now I don't. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I also, I do want to say this real quick as well. Mm-hmm. That also brings up a really good point on something else I see a lot. And that's mm-hmm. people that haven't struggled, that feel like they should, to have a testimony to share, which is completely false. Your testimony being not one of struggles is the best testimony that I can possibly hear. Because mm-hmm. that is the testimony of God. Like it really is. I know everybody has their struggles and some people are like, oh, you can't share because you didn't murder somebody. So you can't, you know, talk about murder. That, that is an extreme <laughs> one, but that's because I have heard that before. So yeah. I'm always speaking from what I have been told. And so somebody is like, you're not allowed to speak about uh, being forgiven for murder whenever you haven't yourself mm. been forgiven of murder. But that is true. not true at all. And so your testimony, even if it's, I grew up, on a perfect home, which I mean, that is fantastic. I grew up in a great home. Like I really did. And that is just such a good testimony to one, those that want that. And two, those that have that, that feel like they're alone because nobody shares it. So whatever your testimony is, share it. It doesn't matter if it's a hard one, so to say, or not. So. Yeah. All of us do have a testimony to share if we know Christ. So in every single story is, very important that was a really good um note to make because like you said i think i struggled for a long time i would go to a thing and i would hear somebody else's testimony and be like mine is not nearly as dramatic but i know it's still powerful but it's not nearly as dramatic so how am i going to follow that story but the thing is is like you said sometimes that testimony of hey i became a christian i was four years old and i grew up in a christian home means just as much to somebody or means even more than having gone through a struggle. Oh yeah. And it's a pursuit of what they can raise their family to be, you know, it's, mm-hmm. oh, this is possible. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to know, cause I always ask everybody this, what is your favorite scripture? So my favorite scripture <laughs> I just found out is the same as my grandmother's favorite scripture, that is which so is cool. awesome. And it is first, first Corinthians 10, 13. And that is no temptation has seized you except what is common to man and God is faithful, faithful. He will always provide a way out for you. You just have to take it. And that is literally exactly what we've been talking about. No temptation Mm. can get to you except for what every other person's already dealt with. And God has provided a way out for you. All you have to do is just take it. Like it's, it's right there. So, and if you don't know what it is, then say, Lord, what is my way out? And he'll show you. So. Wow. Well, do you have any final words for us? on mentorship? Uh, I think my final words is just to reiterate (laughs) that if you're not currently being mentored, you should, but also understand that the Holy Spirit is the best mentor. 
So mm-hmm. if you're sitting there thinking, I can't think of anybody, well, I can think of somebody for you right now, and that's the Holy Spirit. So just getting some quiet time with him. And I know um, for me, it was I would sit there for an hour and 45 minutes of that, my mind would be running and just thinking about other things like what I ate for lunch. And I yeah. feel like I was doing terrible, but it's a training thing. It's an equipping thing. The more you do it, the better you get at it. So that is very true. Really good. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. Thank you for being on. I definitely want to yeah. have you back on again in the future. I appreciate um, it. And congratulations, you're graduating soon. So, Woo! yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys, and we'll see you again for two weeks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Don't Mind Me podcast. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. And also, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, as this will just ensure that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and and make sure to tune in again in two weeks for the next episode. Until then, remember that you are loved.